0: I hear the desert call in the cold
1: Hey gang, thank you for listening to the latest promo mode. Okay, now we are inviting back two former guests of ours. First up is Robert LaRoche of The Size, and then it's John Douglas of the Trash Can Sinatras. I'll tell you more about John in a minute. Robert is back for his third time. He came back once to talk about The Size, then he came back a couple of years ago to talk about his uh, EP, solo EP, Thousand Shades, that came out then, which was one of my favorite albums of that year. Well, he now has his first full-length solo album called Forevermore that just came out last month. I think Robert is special. I love his voice, and I love his sound. It's sort of a power-pop sound mixed with uh, a little bit of country. In fact, Ed Stasium, when he was on here, he produced one of those size albums, and we talked about it then. Anyway, Robert's a great guy, and I believe in his talent, I believe in his music, and I want to be sure and share it with you. And thankfully he and I, over the years, have just stayed in touch. And so whenever he's got a new project out, I want to know about it. I think you guys will enjoy this and I hope you check out Forevermore because it is really, really worth your time. Plus it's 10 songs and it's over with in less than a half hour. So you can listen to it numerous times over and over again. Anyway, hope you enjoy this. He uh, He was in Massachusetts helping his mom. First and foremost, I am still just baffled that you're such a big deal in Germany. So tell me about uh, this this <laughs> tour you're going on in Ger- to Germany. Well, uh
2: you're very kind I I think a big deal might be overstating it a little bit. <laughs> but uh I am I'm lucky because I have a loyal uh fan base uh over in Germany and that's based on, you know, just the the, the last 20 years of of, of touring lots of touring uh in that market and so on uh, and, and largely that was as as a lead guitar player for Patricia Vaughn mm-hmm. um but I have done a three of my own uh, acoustic trio tours 2015 17 19 and then there was a hiccup with uh with the pandemic so this is my first time doing a tour over there in um in uh 4 years but I'm I'm lucky I've I've uh I made a lot of friends there over the years.
1: What do you attribute that to? Is it is it that Patricia has gone over well there and so they are attached well. to you? Okay.
2: Yes, yes, okay. and we're we're really a team um you know we uh dare I say we make each other better. Uh-huh. And we're a really good team and uh it's a it's a, it's a pretty darn strong live show yeah um that we do and that, and of course that's based on the, the the 25 years we've been working together sure and uh so it's it's a real visual high energy rock and roll show uh, when you. i'm on the road when i tour with her
1: yeah so we've we've made a lot of we've got a good fan
2: base yeah over there
1: so when yeah. you go for yourself on a tour like this what are the highlights i feel like of the of the two solo albums that you've put out in the last few years Uh is this mixture of, it's like country tinged power pop. It's (laughs) your, your, because your, you know, your history with the size of being this great power pop band, but you've introduced steel guitars and you introduced mandolins and you introduced this country vibe that I love what you do. So when you go out and do your thing yeah. Do you bring a steel guitar player. Is it what I, how do you do it?
2: You know, it's 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 an unusual uh lineup. I I'm lucky. I work with two um orchestral, you know, orchestra musicians that play in the Merck Orchestra uh in Germany. So these are classical musicians that I'm working with. And I'm um, you know, I'm lucky because they like my material mm-hmm. and uh you know they play. Tchaikovsky and Beethoven and so they can handle my songs no sure. problem and uh <laughs> so it's uh I'm I, I have an excellent violin player Junie Huang oh. and um she is um you know, they these are classically trained folks. So she plays the uh violin. And then I have uh John Divin who plays the Contra bass mm. and myself on acoustic guitar and vocals. So it's kind of a it's a p- bit of an unusual show. It's a cool show. Yeah, it's kind of orchestral, uh yeah, orchestral Americana. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. i that might be a new phrase. We might have to find that. You just made it up. It works. I just made it up, actually. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a cool deal. And of course, we're tuned down, so we're we're tuned to E flat. All my work over the years, whether it's with the size, Patricia Vaughn, my solo stuff, uh, the guitar is tuned down a half step. <laughs> so, uh, and that is a that is that's baroque tuning in classical music so um Sorry. let's let's add baroque uh classical <laughs> americana we'll, we'll, Power we'll, well to all of it yes well <laughs> one long phrase man but it, it is it, it's funny because when people ask me john you know uh, you know what's your sound or what's your music even now it's i have to hesitate a little bit mm-hmm.
1: because it's hard to put in a box i totally agree I totally agree. I've been listening to Forevermore on repeat for the last, you know, however long, getting ready to talk to you. And I keep thinking, why do I respond so well to Robert's music? What I mean, I'm a big music guy. I like a lot of kinds of music, but there's something special about yours. And I was trying to put my finger on what it was, besides the fact that I mentioned this sort of unique country-tinged power pop, that's what I think of it anyway, mm-hmm. uh, style, There is something about your voice, and I was trying to find the right words. There's an optimism to it that there's a lilt that makes you feel comforted, that makes you feel like things are going to get better. And I feel like especially in a time like now where not a lot of things feel like they're going to get any better, hearing you sing that way makes me feel something. And so I say that wanting to know, like, what what goes when you – write and conceive of an album like forevermore i mean there are a lot of love songs but are they even if it was heartbreaking you would still put a positive spin on it almost just by the lilt in your voice does that make sense it makes it makes total sense and um
2: i you know as as a writer you want the you want the first you want to connect with the listener right yeah as it as in any good um art form you want it to be you know relatable. And, uh, that's number one, uh-huh. uh, as far, as far as the, the singing goes, you know, I've a, t- I, I'm a tenor mm-hmm. and, um, I'm, I'm now, you know, I, w- I won't tell you my age, but I'll tell you what year <laughs> I was born, 1963. So, yeah. and, and as the youngest of four children, uh, with, a, with a bit of a space b- between myself and my closest sibling. So, you know, from a really, or er- very early on, two, three, four years old, I was a sponge, you know, in 1966, you know, when, let's say when, you know, let's say when Revolver or, or, and Pet Sounds came out, there you go. I was hearing that, even though I could maybe barely put a sentence together at <laughs> that age, I was soaking up that music. And so it's in my DNA. And uh, you know, from from the mid to late sixties of, of course, you know, then we can mm-hmm. then you can fast forward to the early seventies and the, you know, the bad finger and sure. raspberries and very rungren and all all of that stuff. And many, many, too many more to mention. And so that just that just got inside of me mm-hmm. just by by virtue of uh, AM radio at, yeah. a, in those days was pretty exciting Mm -hmm. and you would hear a wide variety of music on on am radio in the late 60s and and even into the even into the even into the 70s uh so you might hear go all the way by the raspberries and then the next song might be uh you know the ohio players yeah which was which is equally excellent exactly yeah but talk about different ends of the spectrum so uh yeah, that was a magical time. I feel lucky that I that I absorbed all of that. And somehow it must come out in the in the music. I've never really stopped to analyze it too too much. Yeah. Because I feel like it's I feel like I feel like it's a gift, you know, to be able to write yeah. and 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 you know, first you gotta write them, then you record them, <laughs> yeah. then you release them, and then right. the ultimate prize, of course, is the fourth part, which is performance art, performing yeah. them, which which I'm about to do. I'm I'm uh, flying this Thursday to to Frankfurt, and uh, I'll start That's doing wild.
1: a 14 day tour over there. Good for you. Good for you. You deserve it. When I uh, your last EP, The Thousand A Thousand Shades, was probably my favorite album of that year. And, Incredible. Great. Um, and again, going back to this, the sort of steel guitar or pedal steel sound that. I put on Steal Your Heart from Forevermore, and there's that sound again, you know? Welcoming, like it's more of Robert LaRoche here. Um, (laughs) Tell me about the writing of Steal Your Heart.
0: done.
2: Well, you know, that that song it's it's kind of a true story. It's it it you know, I won't I won't give the identity of the person away, uh-huh. but it's somebody that I'm very close to, good friend. And uh, you know, and and what we dated years and you know, years ago and I had quite a quite a few years on her and uh, you know, she was a free spirit and and as as the as the lyric of the song says um if I could tame your gypsy soul, yes. and steal your heart away, of course I wasn't able to tame her gypsy soul. <laughs> as far as I know, nobody has been able to. But uh, she she's a good friend, and she's such a, a, a free spirit, and I admire her so much. And uh, so this, you know, the song is about her. Yeah. And even though I wasn't able to tame her gypsy soul. Uh, the friendship is is really intact, Good. and and the admiration I have for her, mm-hmm. for uh, the way she approaches her her day to day life is yeah. pretty pretty carefree. That's great. Not 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 you know not it, not, uh, you know, not, and not not in a negative way.
1: Yeah. Oh, if if we all could be a little more carefree in our lives, yeah. It's some Correct. it's just difficult. Um, one of my favorite, maybe my favorite song on the album is "Safer Inside," and I just think that's oh, a wow. really beautiful Ooh. one too. Tell me about it.
2: Oh, that's that's interesting you picked that one because um you know that's kind of a it's a song i have really kind of forgotten about mm. and i did a demo of it uh oh, right around the time the size were uh pitching uh p- pitching songs for that first cd the, the what goes on cd that's on um charisma of course by that time we had quite a backlog of of material so we were pitching all the songs to um first of the production team which was John D Nicola and Tommy Allen uh they had Omad and that was uh we really signed to a production team first and they in turn signed us to the record company and of course record company wanted to hear all the songs um I don't I don't believe the band actually chose the, I don't think we yeah. chose the songs but that's okay we presented yeah. them and and they chose them but I had safer inside. Way back when, mm. probably, i uh, you know I, I'm guessing around I'm I'm guessing around 30 years ago or mm. uh, 91, 92, and I had I had demoed it. I I demoed it at um, John D. Nicola's then studio, which was in the West Village in New York City, and kind of just forgot about it. Mm. It never it was just me and guitars, and we had so many other songs, and the label was jazzed about you know, think about soul and mm-hmm. the songs from that first record. And I kind of, I have to say, I really kind of forgot about it. Wow. And uh, yeah, and that's, there was nothing. The, that's not the only example like that. Cause we, I was, I was writing, I'm still writing a lot, but mm-hmm. back then I was really writing a lot of material. And so I think it was John that found a demo of it or something. He say, Hey, do you remember this song? We, we recorded at my studio and in, in the West village, I said, send it to me so when i heard mm-hmm. it i said you know that's a i like that that's mm-hmm. a cool tune i, I mm-hmm. pro, i'm guessing the label didn't think it was rock and roll enough for the for the size that's my guess yeah and uh but you know now in my later years uh, <laughs> uh, it's 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 a it's a good fit for me and it was a very good fit for this record
1: right on i believe i totally agree one thing that's uh that's noteworthy about forevermore is that it's 10 songs and it's over in 28 minutes. You have a knack (laughs) for writing these beautiful songs that don't overstay their welcome. They're only two minutes long, but one of the long, the longest song in the album is another one of my favorites burn the kingdom.
0: your heartache you're hard enough to hold a never-ending loose chase that you deny release your soul mate cross my heart and
1: Is that conscious? Are you? Do you? When you approach songwriting, do you think I want to get in and get out and hit them as uh-huh. hard as I can in the shortest amount of time? Do you or do you just right. have an unspoken talent to do this kind of thing?
2: I mean, I mean, the unspoken talent—that's for someone else to say. You know, I, okay. Uh, well, but, and that. I pre- and I can't <laughs> thank you enough, and and I, sure. I really, I really appreciate your. Uh, Continued support, you know, for me, it's less is more. And so, as I mentioned earlier in the interview, the kind of music that impacted me, you know, Everly Brothers or, you know, Beatles and, you you know, uh, The Raspberries or Big Star, those Mm -hmm. were short songs, those were short songs. And uh, so, you know, whether it's intentional or not, uh, I I can't say, I kind of just go with what what I'm feeling and how the song presents Mm -hmm. itself because because the song does present itself uh what I mean by that is you know a melody will come to the songwriter's consciousness and in this case mine and I'm speaking about my own experience and you hear a melody in your head and um Could be, you know, first thing in the morning, you hear it, you hear a melody and you're humming it and you're like, what is that? You know, I would, I've never, you know, and could that be my, uh, could that be a new song or something like this? And then you flush it out eventually with a guitar or whatever you write with a piano. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, get to the chorus in the, in the first minute. Mm -hmm. Um, if you can, not every Mm -hmm. song is like that, but most of my songs are like that Mm -hmm. and not all songs require a bridge, not all songs require uh, a guitar solo and I love both of those I love guitar sure. solos I love bridges and in the, in my new record some songs have a bridge so. <laughs> but not but not but not many John uh-huh. and and some have a guitar solo but not many right and so I think it's I I think it's more of a stylistic uh um, preference rather than rather than a conscious decision to say oh no, this song has to be mm-hmm. two minutes and 40 seconds mm-hmm. long so you know it and and of course I'm also mindful that uh you know people's attention span maybe isn't sure. isn't uh when Bohemian Rhapsody I was a kid when that came out <laughs> and it knocked my socks off. Yeah, And so, you know, I, you know, I, that can keep my attention for five <laughs> yeah. or six minutes without right. a doubt. That's, right. Yeah. That's Freddie. I'm not Freddie Mercury. You know, that's <laughs> Freddie Mercury. <laughs> that was the first queen was the first, uh, concert that I saw big concert that I saw Really? in the fall of 1977. I would okay. have been, uh, 14, I guess I would have just turned 14 years. And it uh, was at the Springfield Civic Center in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, big place, but not not stadium, uh-huh. you know, seven, uh-huh. seven thousand, I think, maybe seventy five hundred. And um, they just blew me away. And Freddy I believe it was was still playing. Uh, he was playing a lot of piano still in their mm-hmm. show. Uh, and I saw them in 81, another one bites the dust and that, and they were still great, but Freddie was more prancing around, you know, with a uh-huh. little bitty mic stand. And that <laughs> was great. And I'm a big fan. That was great too. But I sure. have to say, I liked, I liked it better. And I believe it was November of 77, um, where he played piano on a lot of songs yeah. and, uh, uh, yeah, somebody to love and best friend, and uh, obviously Bohemian Rhapsody, but uh, that—that's a good memory. But Ooh, you know, I bet I'm so jealous. That—that's that, the idea of a song that uh, that can, you know, that was a different time. And sure, and I'm sure, I'm sure his record company wasn't wanting him to do that, <laughs> but of course his his instincts were
1: absolutely he correct. He knew better. He speaking did of know record, better. record, yeah. Speaking of record companies. I just want to hear these songs on a radio and I will confess, I don't Uh even listen to the radio very much anymore because it Uh doesn't reflect my interests as much. Okay, yeah. But where, where do songs like this, where can they go? Where can they live? You know,
2: I, 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 I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's harder than ever. Now. Mm -hmm. Um, The number of AAA radio stations, Americana, when I was growing up, these were, what I'd call left of the dial, like, mm-hmm. like the, like the Paul Westerberg <laughs> replacement song, right. you know, they were literally left of the dial and there are still some stations like that. Um, whether it's a uh, community funded radio or college mm-hmm. radio stations, but even those, and I'm grateful for those, even those are mainly major label artists on mm-hmm. it. Sony or capital or, um, and so, uh, there isn't that much room for real independent, uh, yeah, I'm not complaining about, it. I'm not no, bitter I about it, it. it of but, course. But, but I'm, it, I understand that there's not a lot of, uh, slots available mm-hmm. for, uh, mm-hmm. and so it is, it is getting some, it is getting mm-hmm. some, Good. I've gotten some playlists and it is, it is getting some airplay. Um, but you know, it's funny as the years go by and of course this rec- record is also on, um, a, a pretty good independent label. This is on OMAD records out of New York city, which is John D. Nicola's label. And so, um, you know, there are some, there are some outlets, good. but as I said, uh, it's hard to compete with, you know, with Columbia and Sony mm-hmm. and uh, when their artists are also trying to get on these mm-hmm. sort of, um, left of the dial radio stations or, or uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's how I feel about it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but, but it is getting, it is getting some airplay. My, my definition has changed. My definition (laughs) of success has been, you know, really evolved over the years. Yeah. Getting the the, record released
1: is, is, is huge. Yes. And the fact that you can go to places like Germany and play it and sell Correct. a few in the in the at the merch table or whatever. I mean, well, that's, you know, God that's bless better the merch than a table. lot of others. Yeah.
0: God, God bless true. the
2: merch table. And you know, <laughs> I, I mean, and and it, I guess it's the same in, in, in the States, but it, you know, in those markets where I'm gonna be in Austria and Germany, these, these folks come out to see shows and they wanna have they wanna buy CDs and they wanna meet yeah. the artist and and online uh downloads, that's great too. Mm-hmm. but um you know uh for 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 live performance for performance art which i'm going to be doing with my acoustic trio i need you know i need bodies i need yeah. people to come sure. to come out and uh to see the shows and the, and these markets are really quite good for that and sure. um what about been, stateside I, I feel after this fortunate. do you
1: feel like is there more going to happen here um
2: you know there there may be some opportunities I just did it I just did a uh, CD release in my hometown of of Holyoke Massachusetts in western mass and that went really well that that was good. that was that was really good um I'll have to see, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, my, 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 my personal life comes into it a little bit too, because I've, um, I've been c- caregiver for, uh, yes. for my 92 year old queen, my mother, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been care, her full-time caregiver for the past couple of years after my, yeah. my dad passed away. And so like, I'll have, when I'm a touring, I'll have one of my siblings will stay with, with her. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as freewheeling as, is as, as far as yeah. having time on my hands, Gotta work out. um, um, yeah. And, you know, um, touring this America a big country and, yeah. and there's, there's not tour support. There's not, uh, you know, there's not guaranteed fees mm-hmm. necessarily. There isn't cultural centers. You know, when I'm over there, I might be playing a cultural center that may possibly be funded by the mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. And that might mean, um, hotels are included. And it mm-hmm. might mean a good meal is included and if I go play in oh, I don't want to I don't want to badmouth any any city. Mm-hmm. So I won't name a city. But if I go play somewhere in mm-hmm. in 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 America and it might be here's two drink tickets and you know a cold pizza Oof. and uh you're on your own for hotel rooms and mm-hmm. you know there's not the infrastructure there's not the financial support in the states. Yeah. It's it's and and it's great to have venues to play but uh there isn't that um yeah, it's door deals yeah. and, um, and good luck to you. And that's great. That's still an opportunity. I'm not yeah. knocking that, but, but I have found over the years that I'd rather spend my energy, um, trying to get a following in Europe than I would in, you know, uh, that's fair. I'll be selective. I don't want to, I don't want, cause you know, I'm not no. trying to, to not, no, and I, I won't yeah. name particular States, but right. you know, there's 50, there's a lot of States in America, yeah. but, um, <laughs> I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is over there, the time it takes you to drive from Austin to Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. you can drive through two or three countries. I guess that yeah. would be the best analogy I can make. Sure. I've heard that. The same you, thing. Can, yes. you can reach more people, different cultures. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. So yeah. I've I've chose and, and with Patricia Vaughn too, we chose a long time ago, said, okay, well, we're based out of Austin. Are we gonna mm-hmm. try and go play in Santa Fe and Des Moines or Oklahoma city, all yeah. good places. Sure. I'm not trying to, I'm not, no, I'm not I, don't. I have no, not, no negative no. Uh, connotations to any of those places yeah. or, or are we going to go overseas and play Paris mm-hmm. and play Vienna and play, uh, Rome. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty easy answer mm-hmm. for me, for me. Mm hmm. Yeah,
1: well, I, it, I, don't good, hate, I don't want to help. Of course not. You it's a business that, decision. But, uh, no, it's a to- it totally it's a it, business decision, and it a makes business more sense. Decision, and yeah.
2: it's and it's a matter of also uh, of of travel. You know, do you yeah. like to uh, do you like to travel? Do you like to be in a do you like to be in a place where people are not necessarily speaking English? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I like that very much. I find it stimulating, and yeah. uh, I, I think it just broadens your horizons a little bit to be uh in a not-so-homogenized
1: environment. Totally agree. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to go to Europe if they had the chance? Correct. Well, Robert, thank you for chatting with me. Um, I'm a big believer in everything that you do, and I do my best to help support it and get the word out there to the people who listen to the podcast because I believe in it and I think it's I think it's worth the, their time. So thanks for all the good you put in the world because I love it. Ken, Every thanks note. to you, John. Thanks yes. to you. All right, there you have it, Robert LaRoche. Again, the album is called Forevermore. Please check it out. I think it's great. While you're at it, go listen to that other EP, Thousand Shades, because I love that one too. And it was probably my favorite album of the year it came out. Now, speaking of people whose talent I believe in, Let's talk about John Douglas from the Trash Can Sinatras. I think everyone pretty much knows that they are one of my all-time favorite bands. John is one of the primary songwriters in that band and plays the guitar. This is his first ever solo album. He's never done this before. And what's interesting about this album is that it's just him and an acoustic guitar. There are no overdubs on here. It feels sort of ghostly and spiritual and hauntingly beautiful. Almost like Johnny Cash with Rick Rubin or something like that. Half the, albums are new, half the album is new songs that he has done for written himself, and half of them are covers, mostly of, uh, of Trash Can Sinatra's song, like this one right here, The Sleeping Policeman. This is a standard for that band. Anyway, when I heard that he was putting out a solo album, his very first, of course I wanted to jump on that because I love him and love that band so much. By the way, we mentioned Eddie a couple of times in this interview. He's married to Eddie Reeder. Who's a prominent singer in Scotland? In fact, she is Frank Reader, his sister, and Frank is the lead singer of Trash Can Sinatra's. Anyway, if you didn't know that, now you know. Okay? So I hope you enjoy this too. His stuff is great. To a shady, hairy gentleman. First and foremost, I gotta know wh- why was this album t- Why is the time for this now? I'm guessing it might have something to do with lockdown, but you tell me. Your first solo album happens now.
3: Why? Um, um no, it's not really a lockdown thing. Lockdown was a funny period. I didn't find it very creative. I found it quite uh, just a kind of like retreat. I felt like just retreating away from everything, and and uh, it was difficult to do anything sort of creative. No, this is uh, I don't know why really. It just happened. I was on tour with my wife and um it was at the time when the world seemed to be going to hell. Everything <laughs> has that changed? I don't I feel like it hasn't changed. Not here no, anyway. I, <laughs> I think it's still on the way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know I mean there was a period over here to do with really bad governance mm-hmm. that the the, the 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 prices all just shot up to hell and everything just looked going crazy and I thought I should do something and at the same time as I was thinking of that uh, I was on tour with Eddie and, and a couple of the musicians there was a guy called boo Hudine who's in our touring band he'd been at me for a while saying you should go and do shows on your own and I'd always been kind of reticent. I thought it was, I was a little scared to be honest. And there was a, a a girl supporting us, a girl called Jill Jackson, who does solo gigs all the time. And she heard the conversation and she says, listen, I've got a couple of shows in two weeks time where there's two 30 30-minute support slots. They're yours if they want them. Mm -hmm. So I just said, I said, okay, I'll just say yes. And I said, yeah. And it was a bit scary, but I didn't, I did kind of enjoy it. So I did a lot more. And, uh, I enjoyed playing songs that way. Mm. Just stripped it. It made me look at the catalogue as well and sort of choose which songs are kind of connected with these days. And also, one of the other reasons I hadn't been writing for a while, maybe due to lockdown, I don't know. And I needed some sort of kickstart to 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 get back to the guitar with a sense of uh, enjoyment. And that's mm-hmm. that. That brought. That, that's what happened. And I started writing again. And then I thought, if I'm going to go and do this and play songs. I should do it correctly and do it to the best of my abilities, mm-hmm. and uh, and if I'm going to do that, then I should have a record that sort of represents that—just me and my guitar, no overdubs, nothing. You know, just just the song stripped back, and everything relies on me and my voice. Yeah. So I made mean, the the record came from the idea of doing the shows, and and I and I really like the record. I think I, I think the production's great. The guy did a great job, Mark yeah. Viegard. He's a character that I know through recording. <laughs> I, the, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just laughing that's funny did he what makes him a character?
3: oh he's just a, it's not so much a character in, in that sense he's, he's just a, he's a big big name And I suppose and to oh. find and oh, he's, he produced the Pixies records he did the Breeders records he did Delamitri albums he's done he, he made a load of records in the 80s with big bands and, and then he sort of he met a, a girl and he married and settled down in Glasgow and he, he had a little sort of studio operation so it was a kind of un- unusual figure to be found in Glasgow, you know, a guy that produced big American records. Yeah. And um, he's kind of, quite very happily got a little studio, doesn't do much, but he, he works with people that he knows and likes. And I got to know him because Eddie, my wife, had done some records with him. And he was very comfortable because I know him well. I could just sit in the room with him and he set up his equipment in the afternoon. He yeah. told me, come to at six o'clock, we'll play for three or four hours and that'll be the record. And that's what we did. So... Wow. So these were
1: all recorded in the same day in three or four hours. You knocked out this yeah. whole album.
3: Wow! Yeah, there was one song that arrived a little bit later, and I went uh, and it just seemed to be, as I said, my writing come back, and I was uh, uh-huh. some songs arrived, and and it seemed as though they were arriving just to get on the record. So I did a tiny bit of recording uh-huh. afterwards. Most of it was here four so, yeah, it's So good. fascinating, and it, because
1: one of the things it's. It sounds obviously very unfussed over being acoustic with no overdubs, but I wondered yeah. if it was if it's meant to sound that way. But in reality, it was very fussed over. You know, like I I poured over these and I had the per the takes had to be perfect and I couldn't get them perfect. And so I wondered if maybe there were some songs that you had to do so many times you were sick of them by the end. But no, you just knocked this out.
3: Yeah, there was there was a pattern started arriving. I would do the first take, and the first take would be a little rusty. Second mm-hmm. take, kind of get there, and the third take was the one. And sometimes I try a fourth take, but it was always the third take with every with every song. So
1: yeah. tell me, tell me about. I love both of them. I, uh, the covers—it's about half covers of trash can songs and prefab sprout, and then half your own. Please tell me the story of Orange Crayons.
4: Through classroom windows, soft dusty windows, the old coastal sun shines, magnified window light melts. Page and I cool it down with a breath. I cool it down.
1: Snape pulls in. That's my favorite song on the album. And I'm oh. trying to figure out. It's I'm I'm trying to figure out what the story is. There's crayons melting in the sun, but medicine yep. is involved, and I don't know where medicine comes from. And so, tell me what the story is. It's uh, so beautiful.
3: Well, on the I don't know if you've got the physical CD. No, I just uh, have
1: the files you sent me.
3: Okay, I see. Well, within the CD, there's a little sort of paragraph of, or two in front of every song, just just having a little, nice, you know introduction and that sort yeah. of explain it's a reminiscence of my, my school days when I was in primary school and uh, I remember I don't know, I don't remember much from that that time I've not got the greatest memory but I do remember sitting and the sun. the sun was so hot coming in the window that, it, that there was little crayons on top of the the paper that I was working on I'm not working you know drawing uh-huh. or whatever uh-huh. and the, the done melted the crayons and it was the texture of like cough medicine it was like this sticky subject, uh, substance running down the page and yeah and, and uh, you know there's a that's just a, a photograph i've got in my mind and there was a there was a sort of girl in the class at the back i mean i must have been about eight or nine years old uh-huh. and I, there was <laughs> the first, uh, first sort of notions of of of, of looking at someone and, and and your heart jumping around sure but too, too shy to do anything about it uh-huh. and then uh, and and also just the heat of the the moment and the the kind of notion of it, uh, you know. Later on, when I look back on it, I, you know, that shyness is was kind of crippling in a lots of ways. And and, 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 and had, had a big urge to shapeshift, like the crayons shape shifted into this liquid. And uh-huh. uh, it just it, it's not a documentary that song. It's more a snapshot and a kind of uh, um, what was the word impressionistic sort yeah. of picture of stuff, uh, yeah. you know. I love it.
1: It's beautiful. That's the one that I keep going back to over and over. That and um, I just want to go home.
4: The evening is ending. The band's going home. The party is over. just want to go home now Take the phone off the hook Spend the night on my own Maybe finish that book See I drunk myself sober And I've smoked myself dry
1: because it, <laughs> I could be totally wrong. And I, again, I don't have the physical happy, so I don't know what the story is. But as someone who can be uh, very much an introvert, the thought of like, oh, I just get me out of
3: here. I just want to go home. That's
1: how yeah. I feel about that song. But you tell me.
3: Yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's pretty, says what it, does what it says on the tin. You know, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's a feeling. That, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's quite antisocial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm, a, I'm a bit like that, when life can get hectic, and you know, whether there's family stuff or work stuff or just just life being hectic, yeah. uh, I, I I yearn for, for just a lot of space. And, I hear um, you. And that arrived just through those thoughts, you know. Oh,
1: I totally hear you on that. So, hmm. tell me again, then, why, what was the was the fact was this being just very stripped down and you and an acoustic guitar why was that your plan going in why not employ some of your bandmates or friends sounds like you got a lot of them i know through eddie you do too you could have put a band together why did you choose to do it this way
3: well it's through through the the kind of enjoyment i've had Mm and playing acoustic shows yeah i've had when, when i started playing the songs whether they were covers or, or you know trash cans ones that i was involved in i just got to really enjoy the process of making the work i didn't want to be sometimes i'll watch acoustic acts and see a guy playing a guitar and I'll just think he's got a band in his head. He doesn't realise mm-hmm. that we don't that the audience doesn't have a band in their head and he's not mm-hmm. making it work. He's strumming away and strum, 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 strum. So I tried to stay away from that and try and make things dynamic just with mes- myself and the guitar. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I started to enjoy the shows. And then I thought, if I'm going to bring out a CD, and people, I mean, the, the, the major place people would buy a CD these, these days is at a gig. So, if I'm going to be playing to people, I mean, uh, one other thing that I've, that I've been doing is I've not been playing to trash cans audiences. I've been, all my gigs have been supports to other people. So, mm. I've been playing. Good point. And people have just been fresh to to whatever this is. So, I wanted things that were to play the songs, you know, as if they, I was in a room full of strangers and, and I mm. mostly was. So, that kind of evolved into this thing where I, I just enjoyed the sound of me and the guitar. So, it never even entered my head yeah. to, to bring yeah. anyone else wanted to document that. Yeah, hey, uh,
1: That's a beautiful idea. Um, so what? why did you choose the trash can covers that you did? I have to tell you, weightlifting has been one of, well, I think it's one of your, the band's finest moments, and it's been the song that I've been able to turn the most amount of people onto.
4: I discover the wheel and watch the buildings go by Talk a little soft, turn off the radio I just want to hear all the past times The rushed hours and the endless lies Don't become a burden, say the word and be free You will find a great weight lifting, easing your mind. A great weight lifting, just leave it behind.
1: A great weight, I deeply, deeply love. The trash cans and has for have for years and that's the song that whenever i share it with someone that gets them hooked you know i hear yeah. from people a lot that say how much they love that song so what made you when you go into re-recording these is it because you feel like you have your own spin on it is it because you think there's something you would like to improve or do differently what's the philosophy
3: uh it's very simple it's just the ones that that, that i thought are connected with these days. Mm. I mean, I, some of them are ones that I've written. You know, they most they mostly come from my, my you know my inspiration. I, I think everything's always had someone chipping in and helping out. But you know, the raw material for them was was from myself. But this I th- again, it was just definitely the ones that are connected with and the ones that I thought would be. Kind of like you know, like you're saying about waylifting when you play it to people mm-hmm. who've never heard of us, I get that you know, it's quite a universal song and it's a kind of unusual theme about you know, just chill out kind of thing, relax, yeah. and it'll be all- that's that's a beautiful thing to hear when somebody does it well. So, I wanted to have songs that play the songs that weren't obscure in any way or mm. and just were the were, were I felt so I could play them comfortably in a room full of people who didn't know me and, and they would get it, you know, but, yeah. but the major. Major thing was just how they sounded with me and my guitar. There was a few that I tried, and and they were they were kind of okay. But after a few shows, I just thought, oh, no, they're not actually connecting with people, you know, mm. as much. One, so it was uh, just been an, a, a a refreshing learning experience of of, of going out and playing with people with not a thought of no one knows who I am and no one knows mm. the catalogue. And it was it felt very refreshing to to, to have that that attitude. To it.
1: I hadn't thought about that, about road-testing these songs at those shows before you even go in to record them. So the, the album is a result of what worked best live on these sh- at these shows, not some yeah. grand plan you had in your head. This is my first no, solo album, so I've got to touch on these things.
3: No, there was nothing abstract about it. I just went out yeah. and played and played and, and made sure i was playing to people that made sure i was playing in our environments i was comfortable with but, but i was playing to people who i wasn't going out under the trash can's name it was just i wanted to go i mean obviously it was mentioned but but i, I knew that i was playing to other people's audiences mm-hmm. and that and it's just uh you know what was your question i forgot your question
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i was just oh, saying that i didn't realize yeah.
3: that this these, this album had all been road tested before. I think it was a major thing that once I I didn't even think of making the record until I played a good few shows and 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 I thought these are good you know I've got I've got to a place where I'm enjoying singing these I can di- I can move them about you know I can there's verses where I could slow down and I could you know could I could just change the dynamic I, they just felt really comfortable and I thought once I got to that stage I thought okay I'd be very happy to have these recorded now mm-hmm. and this. The, the, those songs sort of evolved through that process. No, I didn't sit down and wear a big list of songs and go, I'm going to record these and, yeah. and we'll see what Or I'll go and play them.
1: And then, Having said then, that, do you have more in the can somewhere? I mean, do you think, are there other, if you were to do this again soon, do you have other songs you've written and or other songs you'd want to cover to do this and what are they? Uh,
3: yeah, there was a bunch of stuff that, that I tried. Um nothing's nothing that's actually recorded well. The, the the stuff that's on the record is all the songs that I did in this in the session. There was a couple right. of extra tracks that ended up on the download thing, but uh overall there was I think it was twelve or thirteen. You no, know, I've got other things in mind and there's always writings kinda going on. But I, I just wanna honour this record just now and try and play it to as many people as possible and, and um I'm just really happy with it. You know, I'm not yeah. really thinking about anything else. When I sat and listened to it and I, when I played it to a few people first and they all said the same thing. They said, there's a, they said there's a variety of styles going on in there, but but there's just a mood that, 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 yeah. that carries all the way through it. And it's kind of unusual mood in these, this day and age, you don't get a lot of sparse, you know, introspective mm-hmm. records kicking around. So yeah, yeah I'm happy with it. So I just want to focus on this before I think about doing anything else. That's I will great. have to include at length. When I, I'm going to start doing some gigs next year, where I'll be, I'll be doing my own show, so I'll have to play for longer. Mm-hmm. But that won't be up, up until maybe the spring of next year. So I've got a good few months to, to sit in my room and 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 get get a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. together
1: as a headliner or or opening yeah. for other acts that you know.
3: No, I'm going to. Do, do, I got an agent involved, and they're, they're already booking me shows for next year. So um, own thing for a while. All in but the still, UK, I'm guessing. Well, at the moment, yeah, I mean, I would go anywhere as long as yeah. I could. You know, the fare was all right. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, yeah. Really <laughs> but uh, and amongst all that, we're still the, the trash cans are recording as well. So there's a, oh, nice. a statement uh, there. We're, we just did a session maybe about a month ago. Frank was over in the UK in Scotland, and we did a week in the studio, not a week, two two or three days, and we're planning another bunch of recordings in January with a view to hopefully in the autumn, having a proper Trash Cans record going. And that's sounding great. Everything nice. we've done has been, been uh, yeah, very excited about that as well.
1: That's great. I almost wore my, you can't, I don't know if you can even see me, I almost wore my Trash Can Sinatra's T-shirt, but it was <laughs> in the it was in the laundry because I wore it earlier this week. I've got a oh, black, go. I, yeah, I've had a, I've had a couple of them over the years, but my current one is the black one that's got the all night on it. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just wanted to let you know that I support you whenever I can. Um, okay, I'm imagining this, I think it would be, whenever I see you guys live, the last couple of times you've been doing entire albums and there's always a little break in the middle and I always think, listening to this album, I think it would be nice if during after that intermission, you came out at a trash can show and just played like a song or two by yourself to give you know Frank a couple extra minutes to, I don't know, drink some tea or something and then go into the show. I hope that uh these songs have a life beyond your little solo situation.
3: Well, you know, I don't know, uh, I'm not really <laughs> I'm not really planning that far ahead at the mm. moment. Who mm. knows? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well,
1: I think it's great. Um well, look, thanks for uh chatting with me. I I do you guys still have Shabby Road or did that is that not a no having-
3: no we don't uh, uh, we had a great time when we had it mm-hmm. but I think probably it, it was that it served its time and we all kind of learned how to record and also you know recording systems are so much easier to, to have these days you can do things in your house yeah you know little computer so no it served as well we learned a lot of stuff and we and we we got a lot of good records out of it but yeah it was financially it was quite tough to get to, to keep going and yeah. that ended up that ended up being too much of a burden for various reasons so no it's it's, uh, it's long gone it's now it's now flats so there's people living in it so oh. it's went to
1: <laughs> it, should, it needs one of those blue historic circle markers that the uk puts everywhere you know that uh no, maybe- says this is this was shabby road Maybe someday, maybe someday. <laughs> anyway, is the album called John Douglas, or is it called
3: Reveal? It's called John Douglas. The record company's called Reveal Records. OK. OK. Just, yeah, I just thought. I, I I tried a few titles that nothing really stuck, and then Tom at the record label just said, listen, you only get one chance to call an album after your name and just have it self-typed. But OK, let's just do that to keep it simple. That's true. That's
1: true. Well, good. John, I, you guys, you have. I- I can't stress this enough you slash the trash cans have put more music into this world that has impacted my life for the better than just about anybody and oh, uh, so i am so grateful for you you're one of the best there's ever been
3: ah thank you much appreciated thanks
1: all right there you have it john douglas so folks i hope i gave you some things to think about robert laroche's album is forevermore john's is self-titled john douglas both of them are wonderful. Both of them are well worth your time. I want to close it out with one more song from John. This was an original of his called "Made of the Lock. And so, anyway, uh, two great artists. I was actually trying to <laughs> get this. There's actually a third promo mode in the works that I was trying to get down in time to add to this. Because another, our biggest guest ever, some of you who are like Andy Shaw, deep hustle nerds might know who that is but our most popular episode ever that person has been on for themselves for a deep dive and now they're coming back on to do a promo mode of their latest solo album as well but that one we couldn't get it scheduled in time so that one's going to be out later anyway there's a lot going on here this week at hustle headquarters i hope everyone appreciates that anyway thanks everybody we love you all
4: I see the islands Lie in the silence Through the early morning mist Watch the day unfolding Across the other side I see All the harbor light shine I can see you sail Through the mist of the morning come to sail me away across the water made all the luck sail